<laughs> amen, amen. Good morning, good morning, Thrive. So great to see everyone here this morning, all the happy faces and, and caffeinated bodies awake this morning. <laughs> amen. We have such a, a great gift, a special gift uh, for you all. Some of you might not know, it was my first time getting the fullness of the testimony of uh, Dale and Bruce Woodall. This morning, our very own missionaries to Burma have come home and are getting ready to share with us what the Lord has done in them and through them and for them. And we was all a part of that. The way that you, through your tithes and your offerings, not only blessing the kids ministry and the vision card that you can see and you can still time to give on that. But and everything that you give here to Thrive goes and, and helps to fund our, our missions and our vision that God has given pastor. And so Bruce and Dale, if you could come on up and share with us. Um, and if you don't know, I didn't say this first service, but I was reminded uh, when I was shocked the very first time that uh, I saw Bruce working out over in Burma, this guy is a stud. <laughs> I mean, he had his shirt off. I know it was hot, and, and, and but just just rippling muscles in shape. I, I'm serious. Go on his Facebook, check it out. Women don't look too long. Okay. <laughs> now you're embarrassing me. <laughs> but uh, but no, both of them are just in such great shape, and uh, they had to get in shape. They actually had to pass a physical test of endurance in order to uh, go over there and, and, and get into Burma. But I'll let them explain that, but turn it over, and thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Keith. Uh, good morning, and I want to especially thank our tech team and the ministry team, and also the visitors who have come today. Uh, we've got a friend, uh, Lily, who came all the way from Burnett, Texas. Where's Lily this morning? There she, there she is right there. Okay. And anyone else that maybe they worship typically at another congregation and they're here today just to cheer us on, raise your hands. Yay, thanks Thank you guys. Um, to begin with, we're going to talk about a part of the world that many of you may not know a lot about. It doesn't get a lot of news and that's okay. It's understandable if you're not familiar with a place <clears throat> called Burma. The slides we're going to show in a moment will make a lot more sense if I give a little bit of background. Uh, Burma is a country in Southeast Asia. You can find it bordering Thailand, Laos, to the north you've got China, got uh, to the map. west you've got India. Got that and, map up. Oh. Oh, there we go. And then the Bay of Bengal uh, to, the, uh, to the south. Uh, it, was a colony, it was a colony of England as you know, the, the um, European and British powers kind of divided up the world in the 1700s and then uh, through the 1800s. And then early last century, these places began to want their freedom, understandable. So after World War II, this beautiful country called Burma uh, got its independence. It pushed back against the British and they granted independence. And it was a fledgling democracy. And uh, things looked very hopeful for it for about, uh, I think, about two years. And then the uh, democratically elected leader was assassinated by the military coup, and they have ruled Burma with uh, a stronger military dictatorship ever since. The people have risen up in revolt, understandably, for more than 50 years. And uh, it is uh, considered by some people, some politicians or, I guess, uh, historians to be the world's longest running civil war. Uh, to understand a little bit about it from that map, along the periphery in the mountain area, you have hill tribes. These are individual uh, people groups that have their own language, a little bit of distinct culture, 
And they would very much like to live in a country that is a federation of states, much like the United States. Like we have Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, we have some differences, but we get along and we work together. They would like to have their groups, the Karen, the Karini, the Wa, the Kachin, uh, in a country that works <coughs> together and has representation <coughs> and freedom and allows them to uh, live and work in a way much like we do here. Instead, they're under the heel of a military dictatorship. Uh, Burma has the world's sixth largest army in terms of personnel, but they are at war with no one. They don't have a single soldier garrisoned outside of their own borders. So what does a country with an army that big use the army for? To terrorize its own people. And that is pretty much the, uh, the situation uh, in Burma. Uh, now, I'm going to also clarify something. You'll hear us talk about the Korean people. I've learned I need to explain that because there's a lot of confusion about that. I'm not saying Korean. That's an entirely different country, thousands of miles away. The Karen is a hill tribe group. It's spelled like the woman's name, Karen, K-A-R-E-N. There's also the Karini, and you've heard me say the Kachin and others. We work primarily uh, among the Karen. That's where our base of operations are. Now, there was a missionary family in northern Thailand bordering uh, Burma. And from that missionary family came a young man about my age, David Eubank, uh, who uh, grew up there in northern Thailand. Then he came to the United States, went to Texas A&M, was in the Corps of Cadets, and went on to become a U.S. Army Ranger. He had a stellar career as a Special Forces operator, and then he felt a calling to go back into ministry. And at about that time, there was a major crackdown on the people of Burma, and refugees began streaming across the border from Burma into Thailand, much like is happening in Ukraine with its bordering countries right now. And his father contacted him, and some of the Hill Tribe leaders contacted him and said, we need help, we need a ministry to reach out to the civilians who are suffering under this uh, military dictatorship. And it's about 2008, we began going over uh, to help out with the medical work and with the founding of a uh, facility called the Jungle School of Medicine. The name kind of says it all. Out in the jungle in Karen State, there is a hospital and medic, medic training center that, that uh, we help with. And after years of giving a little bit of time here and there, our situation right now is that we're trying to give six months per year over there. Uh, if circumstances allow, we will keep doing just what we did, which is go over there in about September, October, and stay through about February or March, and then come home and I'll work again. Uh, so... That's kind of the, the background on that part of the world. I hope that can help you to understand uh, these slides a little bit more. Uh, while we are there, FBR is training medics. That's primarily what we do. About 20 uh, young people in their 20s and early 30s are being trained to be medics to help out uh, in, the, in the area as these attacks occur. Another group, over 100, are being trained as what we call rangers. Now, this is an important point I don't even want anybody to forget. At Free Burma Rangers does not train soldiers. We are not fighters. We do not take offensive action. Uh, we are strictly rescue, relief, medical care, and reporting. Uh, we go into these villages under attack, civilian villages attacked by the Burma Army. We help the people out, help them evacuate if we have enough time. If not, work with the aftermath, and then take pictures, interview the survivors of the war crimes, and report it worldwide. Uh, if you're ever watching the news and you see a film reel or a photograph or a ground report about what's going on in Burma, 90% of those over the past 20 years have come from the reporters trained by Free Burma Rangers. Uh, <clears throat> since we got back about a month ago, 
uh, two of our rangers have been killed. Um, one of them uh, saw Rideau, uh, Rideau. Rideau, saw Rideau, uh, young man, he was, uh, there was a village that had been attacked, they were going in the day after, and uh, they were taking care of the civilians that were injured and, and helping them relocate. And for reasons that nobody can explain, the Burma Army sent an airplane in to bomb the village again. There were no soldiers there. There were no, there were no military installations. It was just a civilian village. And Sarido was uh, killed by a bomb uh, dropped from a, a, an airplane. Uh, about a week ago, a young woman uh, named Elizabeth, you'll see a picture of her here, she was Karenny. And she was one of our very best rangers, one of our female rangers, and just a stellar young woman in every way. Uh, while she was in training, her village was attacked, and her home that she had grown up in was burned. And so her dream was to get a couple of the ranger units to go into that area uh, for relief as soon as she graduated. And indeed, that's what we did. Uh, a group was there, and there was, they were at a village near where she had grown up. Uh, it had been attacked. They were, they, they, again, they went in. They thought that the attack was over with. They were dealing with the aftermath. And the Burma Army had sent a small contingent to, uh, to loop back and set up mortars, and they started mortaring the, the village while they were in it. And uh, she took some shrapnel to the head and died the next day. Um, so uh, out of a class of about 120, we've lost two of them in the past month. Um, so with that, we'll go ahead and uh, show these slides. Now, um, our hope, what, if you want to sum up what we try to do and everyone working with this organization does, is we try to be, in simplest terms, we try to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a war zone. Uh, that's it. And so that's very um, pertinent right now with what's going on in Ukraine and uh, other parts of the world. But this uh, conflict in Burma has been going on a long time and is ongoing. We'll okay. Yeah, we'll narrate the slides as they go we through. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, the uh, geographically, you, know, you think about the difference between, so like here is located the uh, hospital and the clinic where we teach and the lecture hall. And then about Walmart is where the rangers, that flat open field where you're, you see pictures. So it's about that distance is where all these pictures are taken from. That's the size of the camp. You'll see a lot of happiness even in the midst of a war zone. Uh, there's, you know, they're, they're singing and praise. And these are the rangers in the classroom they, where they're learning the skills uh, that they learn. Uh, here we're building some things. Our electricity, the facility is off-grid, so our electricity is provided by solar panels that we built there. And our water comes from the river. Does it help to dim these lights for the slides? That depends on what you think is best. These are kids going to church on Sunday morning. We have... Uh, they, and uh, that's some of our ranger students right there. Uh, you can see the youthful faces. That's our, I guess, our transport team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the people are high country rice farmers, and this is a family. Uh, we went up the day they were finishing up a rice harvest. Those are the rangers in training. Elizabeth and Sarido are both in that group right there. They're still with one of our uh, medic trainees. Many of the rangers don't know how to swim, the students, when they start their training, so that's one of the key things that we teach them is how to swim. That's two of our senior medics that I've uh, worked with for the past 10 years. This is called a bambulance, a bamboo ambulance. That's how we transport people through the countryside. There's no roads, uh, very, very few roads there, and that's our surgery suite. 
morning clinic. The outpatient clinic is just open air, covered pavilion. Uh, we, we do have x-ray and ultrasound there. We found children with uh, congenital heart defects and cleft palates that were trying to get out into Thailand for corrective surgery. Those are our medics. Here our medics are making bandages. We buy these giant rolls of gauze and we make our own bandages. This is the classroom. I'm doing a devotional before uh, medical lectures. There's Dale and uh, working with me on the... Uh, Dale and these women are going to gather food out in the jungle. No supermarkets out there. We uh, butcher uh, deer and uh, cattle and pigs for our meat. This is a training on how to evacuate a village across a river. They have to pass these tests. That is, uh, that is Elizabeth who was killed about a week ago. There she is singing, singing the Karini National Song. She's preparing one of our meals. This is a bridge that Free Burma Rangers uh, built in the area. One of our favorite best medics, Natha. That was our, our cold water sink, our one sink in our house. We had a shower too, but sometimes that felt really good to stick your head under cold water. And these people remain remarkably happy and optimistic even despite the circumstances. You can see that. That's our medic class. That's Dale and I with our, our medics who just graduated this past month. We do vaccination campaigns to the villages within walking distance. Most of our meals were cooked very much like that. A lot of rice. Uh, again, a group of girls headed to church on Sunday morning. Just having a little fun in the clinic. This is a brick maker. We're replacing some of our brickety structures with these homemade bricks. Uh, real appropriate technology that was brought in. Here we're doing uh, anatomy class using the heart and lungs of a cow that we were going to eat, or that we ate, and we're dissecting them to study the, the chest anatomy. This is the Good Life Club. The rangers go out and uh, sing songs, do skits, teach about health, play games with the kids in the villages, and it's a huge highlight for the village kids. Typical village scene there. These people just want to be left alone to... This is how we cross some of the rivers around where we are in bamboo rafts. And uh, that's after church on Sunday morning. An, an exercise at uh, working with the difficulty of moving people across rivers. And uh, Dale was a very favored swimming coach for the, the women who were trying to learn to swim better. And uh, teaching with a translator. This is the ranger class uh, at graduation. Uh, there was 150 rangers this year in the class, and 30 of them were female. That's uh, faculty and Chris, leadership. Chris, uh, heading out uh, on a... Uh, that's Dave, that's Dave Eubank. Dave Eubank leading yep. that ranger group. And we grow as much of our food there as we can. And I've seen in the operating room. Checking patients into outpatient clinic. 
<laughs> Dale with a pet. <laughs> there we are on our way out. We just crossed the Sawine River back on the Thailand side. Uh, good picture of the countryside there. Beautiful, rugged jungle mountains. This is a picture we took at the school, the village school. Here's some videotapes. They have physical, physical training twice a day. Starts in the morning at about 5 a.m. and then they have afternoon PT, so they're all in very good shape. Captives, we think of captives, we certainly think of war. We think of slavery. But there is sex trafficking. There is unforgiveness. There are people who are captives to their guilt and have not been released. And of course there are addictions, uh, chemical addictions and others that keep people captive, keep them from being who God wants them to be. We want to connect with our purpose. Just look around. There are people that God has for us to release from their captivity if we will allow him to let us work through, him to work through us. He spoke of giving sight to the, to the blind. There's physical blindness. There's a blindness that comes from lies, lies that can come from uh, public figures, from lies that we tell ourselves and tell each other. And then there, again, there's just a lack of a vision of what God would want to do in each and every life in Henderson County, Burma, and everywhere. We think of oppression. We think of dictators and despots. I see oppression every day that I go to work here. And uh, I, I think of connecting to purpose. I, I said earlier that if anyone wants me to summarize what we try to do in Burma, we try to be the hands and feet. We ask that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus in a war zone. I believe that's applicable to everybody here. We are in a war. And uh, there is a, there's a purpose for all of us in freeing the oppressed. Something that occurred to me that I think would be helpful is, well, Pastor Nason really wanted us to speak about connecting to purpose. And so not just talking about what we're doing, but helping each person here just be thinking about what God wants for you this season. And as I uh, think back on our background, I think it'd be helpful to just to share a little bit more of our background and how we met because the reason I'm thinking that would be helpful is because you don't just suddenly one day go, I'm going to go to Burma. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a whole lead up. And as, if those of you who are older can think back, you think about how God has been working in your life and how he molded you and how he used trials and things to bring you to the point you are now. And so if you're a young person now or middle age and you see a shift in what God's doing in your life, he's preparing you. And so if you're faithful in the small things, then he's going to use those later to build on. And so be, be patient, but keep going toward what the vision you have for God, that God has for you. Yes, I, thank you. I left that part out earlier. Um, Dale and I met when we were 19 years old. We were both, uh, I was a freshman, she was a sophomore at uh, Abilene Christian University. And both of us were pre-med. We both, at that time, before we met, uh, had hopes that we would someday be, be able to work as medical missionaries in some capacity or the other. So uh, we began dating, fell in love, got married, uh, entered medical school together in San Antonio, went through medical school, then residency in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And then we, uh, we did 10 years of uh, ministry in the Appalachian Mountains together and uh, did some other work here and there, but mostly worked primarily in the, in the United States. But about 2008, uh, a good friend of ours up in Idaho where we were living uh, 
kind of noticed, he, he recognized that we had some connections to Thailand. Some of our friends from college were missionaries in Thailand, and we visited there. And he said, well, uh, surely you guys know Dave Eubank with Free Burma Rangers. And we said, no. And he said, well, you need to because uh, they're short of doctors, and uh, you'd, you'd be a good fit. So he introduced us. And uh, um, so that's what it was in 2008, and then the Jungle School, of, we went over there for the first time, and then Jungle School of Medicine kicked off in 2011. Uh, we were there for that, and then we've kind of given a little bit of time here and there over the years. Uh, we were on the board of directors for Free Burma Rangers. But then starting last year, we said, you know, it's time to, to, to go in in a bigger way. And so after so many years, we finally are hoping that, it, that circumstances allow us to give six months per year uh, over there. So if you're, if you're feeling frustrated at your purpose, um, talk to older people that have seen so many times God will call you to something and, or you'll receive a word or uh, just God will drop a dream in and then you're thinking, okay, next week this is going to happen. And then it sometimes takes years and God is, ref he's refining you and he's uh, setting up the your character and building your character and forming you to, to do what, but meanwhile, if you're faithful where you are at in what he gives you to do, then he's going to build on that and he can use you anywhere. So that's my encouragement is to be faithful where you're at. Of the, the verse, the passage that we read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Um, you know, it's about freedom and that is what I think each of us are on a journey of, of freedom in Christ and bringing others into freedom. So one of the passages that came to me is what was, what was Jesus when he said, you know, I want you to come into freedom, what does that look like? And one of my favorite passages is when Jesus himself was predicting his own death because his followers still thought, oh, we're going to, he's setting up an earthly kingdom and we're going to be, you know, top dogs. And that's not what he was trying to explained to them, no, that's not the kind of kingdom I'm setting up. And he said in Matthew 16, he said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And obviously, um, you know, he's not talking about the fact that we may not be in physical danger sometimes, but we're talking about what is, what is eternal and what are our lives really for? So it's in the giving, it's in the giving up of our life for the purposes of God that we really find freedom. And one of the things I think that has, I see it played out over and over again, is when I see people the last couple years that truly seem, you can tell they understand that their purpose is dictated by God. And they have laid down their lives to say, what do you have for me, God? And so they're not thrown off balance. They weren't thrown off balance by COVID. Uh, they weren't, they're not really rattled when there's a job change or something changes in the economy. Because when you're completely devoted and your agenda is whatever God has for you, then of course, you know, we're, gonna, we're, we're human. We're going to feel those stresses of change but we realize there's no circumstance, no circumstance that can happen in our life that can keep God from fulfilling his purposes in us and through us. And so then we don't have to stress. We don't have to stress 
when, when things change. We may have that momentary panic. I always do. But then you can just get back under, under his grace and his power because you know he's going to take you through it. And there's nothing that he can't do through a situation to bring good for you and the people around you. And so that's the kind of freedom. That's the kind of freedom that I want for each of us here and that we're all working to, to help each other grow in. So one of the things that uh, is helpful for me is I keep reminding myself to stay malleable. Don't get stuck on one role. You know, what if we can't go back? What if we can't go back to Burma? What if some situation prevents us? That does not mean we cannot serve somewhere. God, God will make a way, and we have to stay open uh, to that possibility and not get, not get stuck in one. Don't make that work our identity because our identity is who we are in Christ. Have you ever seen anyone who's gotten stuck in their role? That, that becomes their identity, and so if that is threatened, then they're threatened. So that's, we have to be careful not to do that. And so we pray for each other that we realize, no, our identity is in Christ. Our circumstances and specifics change, but he's the one. He's the one that directs us. So we hope and pray that we'll keep getting to go back, but, but God knows. Uh, there's a uh, photo here of our dear friend, uh, Wes Price. He is the, our accountant for the organization Free Burma Rangers, and he is a quadriplegic. He was a college football player, an amazing athlete, and a pilot, bush pilot in Alaska, would take people on moose hunts, and he was actually flying, so he's a pilot, was flying the plane, coming out of a moose hunt on a lake in a shearing force wind, dropped the plane just after takeoff, and he was the only one injured uh, and was sustained a cervical fracture, and so now the only thing he can move is his head and his mouth, so his arms and his legs are completely flaccid. He can feel sensation, but he has no motor. And we took him in 2019. We took him. He wanted to go over to meet the, um, the uh, what do I call the business team? The, yeah, the financial staff that works at the headquarters there in northern Thailand, Free Burma Rangers, and connect with them because there was a lot of software they needed to discuss. And so he needed medical escort. Uh, but he, has, he is just an example of not being stopped by a change in circumstances. He does all the accounting through that, through that rod, through that stick, all of it through his mouth and his iPhone. And uh, he's just a joyful, joyful person and an inspiration to us. You want to say anything about Wes? He's such, such an inspiration to us. Um, I realize, um, I have to pause here, I, something I should have explained earlier. You'll hear us call the country Burma. It's also called Myanmar. Now, why is that? Uh, the, it was Burma up until just a few years ago when the uh, dictatorship trying to uh, distance themselves from their past uh, evil and dirty deeds uh, changed the name of the country from Burma to Myanmar. Now, the people who live there still think of themselves as Burma. And so, as, as I use those two words back and forth, if you're more familiar with the country of Myanmar. Connecting to the purposes that God has for us. And I'm going to talk about three of them. And one of those, I think, is very strong, is the spirit of comparison. I think that um, the enemy, Satan, loves it when we compare ourselves with others, rather than just seeing, what is it, God, you have for me, and what have you called me to do? 
It's uh, so easy to look at others and say, well, I don't have that gifting, I'm not medical, or I'm, I can't sing on the worship team, or wow, I wish I was athletic, or whatever it is, we can go down that path, and that, that just distracts us and keeps us from what God has for us. So quit comparing yourself to others, and just say, God, what is it you want? What is it you want me to do? How have you made? Because God's made each of us unique. And if all of us, if all of us were in the sound booth and no one was willing to be in the worship team, or if everyone went to Burma and there was no one here to, then what, what would the body be? That's, that's not the way it would function best. So ask, know that you're unique and you have giftings that God has given you. So ask him what he wants for you in, the, in this season. I think another attack, another uh, thing that the way the enemy comes against us is discouragement. And that's a very, very common one. Uh, I know personally for me is uh, I tend to get, I'm more easily discouraged if I've, I'm overly tired. Anybody else <laughs> feel that? Just when you're just, you're just beaten down, you know, whether it's uh, you can't sleep at night because of a newborn <laughs> or you've just been saying yes to too many things. And so you know, God knows that we need to pay attention and understand that we are, we are embodied creatures. We live in a physical body as long as we're on earth, and we need to tend to that with, with proper rest, good nutrition. And so if you're feeling just like you've been burning the candle at both ends, maybe it's time to say no to some things that you, know, you had said yes to in a different season, or maybe it's time to screen out some other things so that you can say yes to other things God has for you. But be aware when discouragement is trying to come against you. And, you know, that's what our brothers and sisters are for, is to try to encourage each other. And a third thing, way that I think the enemy comes against us, he's certainly used it in our lives, is distraction. There's, there's so, many, so many things that can come against us. Um, I think the, uh, as someone said, the good is often the enemy of the best. And sometimes very many, you can say yes to many, many good things, but is that the best that God has? Is that the thing that you could do maybe that nobody else could do or nobody else is willing to do? And uh, that's one of the things that we realized is that, you know, many people maybe can be doctors here or medical but many people are not willing. And for, for us, it doesn't seem like a great, a great sacrifice to go because we love the outdoors. We love, um, you know, connecting with other cultures. Yeah, and the people. And so it's a, it's a good fit for us. And that's, that's, I think God, it brings God great joy when it's that merging of your gifts, your interest, and the needs. You want to add anything? To... Yeah, yeah, and then I'll talk about just praying for them. And... Yeah. Um, if you want to uh, learn more about this situation, I want to give a couple of resources here. First of all, is that uh, we have a uh, we have a Facebook page dedicated just to our work over there. So no, no, no other, nothing else on the page except what Dale and I ourselves have posted there. It's called Woodall's FBR. Anybody can follow it. So if you kind of want to look back, if you want to, if you want to follow the story of um, the, the, the two.
two young people that were killed. I've, of course, posted about that, but also a lot of a lot of happy, positive things. You could kind of go back over the past six months and see what we posted from there. And there'll be updates. I'll be giving uh, new information on what's going on there. Um, a, a filmmaker in Dallas did come and do a documentary on Free Burma Rangers. Uh, it's called... Uh, it's called uh, Free Burma Rangers, the movie. And so if you really want to know more about the organization we work with, it's very easy to get that documentary and stream it off of Amazon or anything like that, but it's, uh, uh, it's available. The other thing I, I like to tell people is if you then are very curious about the, the situation of how the country of Burma, what, what the country of Burma is like and, and about the dynamics of the dictatorship there, uh, there actually was an episode where during one of the uprisings and crackdowns, in 2008, an American doctor got caught inside Burma uh, when they kind of cut the country off and ran all the Westerners out, and she was still there. And she ended up on the side of the, uh, the Hill Tribe people and was uh, herself marked for, uh, for death, and she had to escape by going north and then cutting through the territory where we are in Corinth State and eventually getting across the Sawin River. Uh, that's dramatized in a film called Beyond Rangoon. It's actually very good and very accurate. Uh, showing so I tell you if you want to understand Burma see the film Beyond Rangoon if you want to understand Free Burma Rangers see the film Free Burma Rangers a documentary and if you want to follow our work what all is FBR we also have a newsletter every now and then we send out a newsletter if we have an email we're happy to put you on that list as well something uh, as he was talking I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to encourage especially those of you who are young and beginning your beginning your careers, beginning to earn money, is one of the decisions that we made in our 20s and 30s that is allowing us to do what we're doing now, plus the help of others, is we made a decision to live below our means. So to not live on credit, to uh, put some savings away and keep where we you know, didn't need the newest truck, didn't need the newest car, the biggest house, whatever because we knew that would give us that financial margin in the future to be able to give back, both in the present. We've worked in lots of underserved areas, and that, that is a decision that you make, so you have financial freedom that then allows you to serve in ways that you wouldn't be able to otherwise. So I want to encourage you uh, to think about that. We have uh, wise people here that can help you with financial planning, I think there's a courses on financial freedom that we're doing. And that's a huge part that sometimes it's easy to forget, but that was just something that God put on our hearts. He, he gave us mentors to guide us in that. And that's been a huge, a huge blessing for us because we're not strapped uh, financially now so that we can go, go and do this half of each year. And we're so, so grateful. It's such a blessing for us. Uh, the, uh, someone, I said, First service as well. Someone wiser than me said that uh, wealth makes a wonderful tool, but a very bad master. And we need to use the resources that God has given us to be a blessing and to uh, grow the kingdom. So now I'd love to uh, love the worship team to come up and uh, just play some background music. And we're going to pray about um, what God has for each of you in this coming season. And uh, I want you to use this time as a time of meditation and listening to the Holy Spirit as they play. And then at the end, uh, Bruce and I would love to pray over you. And um, one of the things that God 
granted us is courage, courage to go and be in an area that uh, we were risking our lives. And we want to impart that to you because it takes courage. It takes courage every day to just speak out for Jesus, to be different than the world, uh, whatever, whatever your unique way is that God's using you. We want to pray that over you. So let's just, uh, if it helps you to close your eyes, but I'm just going to ask you a few questions um, to ask, ask Father. Lord, how can you use me to set people free? Maybe he wants to just uh, affirm you right now. Maybe you've been really walking in that. Maybe uh, he just wants to say, good, good job, you're doing great. I see, I see you walking out in this. I see you using this gift. You're available, you're courageous, you're helping people step into freedom. Maybe you just need to get a hug from Jesus and say, Keep up, the, keep up the good fight. Father, how can you use me to bring hope to people? Who do you want me to bring hope to? Father, would you put a face in front of me right now that you want me to bring hope? Someone that's discouraged. Someone that needs freedom. Who can I reach out to? How can you use me to inspire people to reach more of their potential? Is there someone younger that I don't realize is looking up to me and that I need to devote some more time to or take the time to encourage? How can you use me to bring light into darkness? So now I just love you to stand. Bruce and I are just going to impart to you the courage that God is blessing us with. Courage for you to walk out. Father, Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in us and through us and among us. We ask for you to come and bless. I ask for you to impart your courage to each person here, that you will embolden them to speak, speak with joy and boldness, that you'll give them opportunities to connect to people, that just as they're going about their daily lives that you'll prompt them and they'll they'll hear that they'll be able to hear you more strongly more clearly and they'll sense those opportunities and they'll take the risk they'll make the step to ask people to talk to people to encourage people father we need you we love you and we ask that you just use us in greater ways in jesus name amen <laughs>